Our Bible reading this morning comes from Genesis chapter 27, and we're beginning at verse 1. When Isaac was old and his eyes were weak that he could no longer see, he called for Esau, his older son, and said to him, My son, here I am, he answered. Isaac said, I am now an old man and don't know the day of my death. Now then, get your equipment, your quiver and bow, and go out to the open country to hunt some wild game for me. Prepare for me the kind of tasty food I like and bring it to me to eat and that that I may give you my blessing before I die. Now Rebekah was listening as Isaac spoke to his son Esau. When Esau left for the open country to hunt game and bring it back, Rebekah said to her son Jacob, Look, I overheard your father say to your brother Esau, Bring me some game and prepare me some tasty food to eat so that I may give you his blessing, give you my blessing in the presence of the Lord before I die. Now, my son, listen carefully and do what I tell you. Go out to the flock and bring me two choice young goats so I can prepare some tasty food for your father just the way he likes it. Then take it to your father to eat so that he may give you his blessing before he dies. Jacob said to Rebekah, his mother, But my brother Esau is a hairy man, while I have smooth skin. What if my father touches me? I would appear to be tricking him and would bring down a curse on myself rather than a blessing. His mother said to him, My son, let the curse fall on me. Just do what I say. Go and get them for me. So he went and got them and brought them to his mother. And she prepared some tasty food just the way his father liked it. Then Rebekah took the best clothes of Esau, her older son, which she found in the house, and put them on her younger son, Jacob. She also covered his hands and, his, and the smooth parts of his neck with the goat skins. Then she handed to her son, Jacob, the tasty food and the bread she had made. He went to his father and said, My father. Yes, my son, he answered. Who is it? Jacob said to his father, I am Esau, your firstborn. I have done as you told me. Please sit up and eat some of my game so that you may give me your blessing. Isaac asked his son, How did you find it so quickly, my son? The Lord your God gave me success, he replied. Then Isaac said to Jacob, Come near so I can touch you, my son, to know whether you really are my son Esau or not. Jacob went close to his father Isaac, who touched him and said, the voice is the voice of Jacob, but the hands are the hands of Esau. He did not recognize him, for his hands were hairy like those of his brother Esau. So he proceeded to bless him. Are you really my son Esau? he asked. I am, he replied. Then he said, My son, bring me some of your game to eat, so that I might give you my blessing. Jacob brought it to him, and he ate, and he brought some wine, and he drank. Then his father Isaac said to him, Come here, my son, and kiss me. So he went to him and kissed him. When Isaac caught the smell of his clothes, he blessed him and said, Ah, the smell of my son is like the smell of a field that the Lord has blessed. 
May God give you heaven's dews and earth's richness, an abundance of grain and new wine. May nations serve you and people bow down to you. Be Lord over your brothers, and may the sons of your mother bow down to you. May those who curse you be cursed, and those who bless you be blessed. After Isaac finished blessing him and Jacob had scarcely left his father's presence, his brother Esau came in from hunting. He too prepared some tasty food and brought it to his father. Then he said to him, My father, please sit up and eat some of my game so that you may give me your blessing. His father Isaac asked him, Who are you? I am your son, he answered, your firstborn, Esau. Isaac trembled violently and said, Who was it then that hunted game and brought it to me? I ate it just before you came and I blessed him and indeed he will be blessed. When Esau heard his father's words, he burst out with a loud and bitter cry and said to his father, Bless me, me too, my father. But he said, your brother came deceitfully and took your blessing. Esau said, isn't he rightly named Jacob? This is the second time he has taken advantage of me. He took my birthright and now he's taken my blessing. Then he asked, haven't you reserved any blessing for me? Isaac answered Esau, I have made him Lord over you and have made all his relatives his servants. And I have sustained him with grain and new wine. So what am I possibly to do for you, my son? Esau said to his father, Do you have only one blessing, my father? Bless me too, my father. Then Esau wept aloud. His father Isaac answered him, Your dwelling will be away from the earth's richness, away from the dew of heaven above. You will live by the sword and you will serve your brother. But when you grow restless, you will throw his yoke from off your neck. Esau held a grudge against Jacob because of the blessings his father had given him. He said to himself, the days of mourning for my father are near. Then I will kill my brother Jacob. Well, friends, good morning. Let me extend my welcome to you, especially if you are new or visiting with us. My name's Phil, and I invite you to keep that passage open in front of you as we look at God's Word now. But we come this morning to one of the most captivating stories in the Old Testament. I mean, this story has it all. It begins with a family divided, it's wife versus husband, it's twin versus twin, There's a plot to deceive and to steal a prized treasure. There's intrigue, there's suspense, there's a getaway. There's even a plot to take revenge, which paves the way for the sequel. This story has all the makings of a Hollywood thriller. It's written to leave us sitting on the edge of our seats wondering, will he fall for it? Is her plan going to work? Is he going to escape in time? It's a brilliant story. But what has to be the most surprising thing, at least for a modern reader like you and I, is the prize in this story, the treasure, the thing they're all fighting over. Because at the heart of this story is not gold or silver or precious jewels. There's no bank vault, no diamonds, no precious artworks. 
There is no long-lost treasure. No, the thing that Rebekah desires, that Esau cries about, that Jacob plots and schemes to steal, is a blessing. Just a few words spoken by an old man nearing the end of his life are enough to tear this family apart. And if that seems strange to you, as it did to me, that's because we don't understand this blessing. You see, we read this story and we don't quite get it. It doesn't make sense. Why all this fuss over hearing a dad say a few kind words? It just doesn't stack up. But when we understand what this blessing is, not only will it help us to understand the story, it'll also help us to understand something incredible and important about the blessings that God offers everyone who trusts in the Lord Jesus. And so this morning, as we consider this excellent story, it's my aim to answer three simple questions. What is this blessing? Why does everyone want it? And how can we get it? But if you're new with us today, you've joined us partway through our series in the book of Genesis, where the author focuses in on the life of Isaac, the son of Abraham. Now, Abraham was a man that God made outrageous promises to earlier in Genesis. God promised to give Abraham a family, that's not so outrageous, but then he promised to grow that family, to give that family a land to live in, to grow that family into a nation, and he promised to use that nation to bring his blessing to people from every nation. It's a huge set of promises. It's a set of promises that we still feel the impact of today as we gather here to worship the Lord Jesus, who is the fulfillment of those promises to Abraham. It's a huge set of promises, but it begins small. It all began just with Isaac. The first step in God fulfilling his promises that he made to Abraham. Well, in Genesis 24 to 26, we get a few stories from Isaac's life. But in chapter 27, the storyteller presses fast forward and takes us all the way to the very end of Isaac's life. He's old, he's blind, he's about to die. And all the events that take place in this chapter are centered around Isaac's blessing. Now, the story begins with Isaac calling for his oldest and favourite son, Esau. And he sends Esau out to hunt for the food that Isaac just loves so much. And he does all this because he wants to give Esau his blessing. Now, that would be a fairly common thing to do at the time. When the head of a family is about to die, he gathers the family around and gives the oldest son his blessing. He makes him the new head of the family. And so that's what Isaac's about to do. For Esau. But Rebecca, Isaac's wife, well, she loves their other son, Jacob, the best. And so when she hears about Isaac, what Isaac's about to do, she hatches her own plan to trick Isaac into giving the blessing to not to Esau, but to Jacob. And I reckon she's been planning this for a while because she's thought of everything. 
Esau is out hunting. She sends Jacob out to hunt for goats from the paddock, which is a much easier way of hunting. And she cooks them just the way Isaac likes. She dresses Jacob in Esau's clothes so that he smells like his brother. She even covers Jacob's neck and hands with goat's hair so that his baby smooth skin doesn't give him away. And so in Jacob goes to try to steal his father's blessing. Now, you just imagine, he must have looked ridiculous, right? Here comes this weedy little man wearing his brother's clothes that are three sizes too big for him. He's got bits of animal skin sticky taped to his neck because he can't grow a beard. You can imagine he probably had to put on a deep voice to try to sound more like his brother. And it is tense. You see, Isaac is suspicious from the very beginning. First, he he wonders how Esau could have, you know, arrived so quickly. He had to go out hunting, he had to go find an animal, he had to shoot it and butcher it. But Jacob thinks quickly, he says, ah, God gave me success. Now, Isaac is still suspicious, so next he asks to touch his son's skin. And the goat's hair is convincing enough. But the voice, the voice doesn't sound right. And so just before Isaac is about to bless his son, he stops and asks directly, are you really my son Esau? The tension is building. Isaac is suspicious. Can Jacob hold his nerve? But Jacob looks at his own father, staring into his old blind eyes and lies. I am. And just like that, Jacob steals his father's blessing from Esau. And just moments later, Jacob, just moments after Jacob leaves, Esau realizes that the blessing is gone. Even though he begs and cries and screams, Isaac can do nothing for Esau. And so Esau resolves to do the only thing he can think of. He's going to kill his brother. Now, that's how the story goes, but for modern readers like you and I, there's one thing about the story that just doesn't add up. Why can't Isaac fix it? It only takes him a few minutes to work out that he's blessed the wrong son. Why can't he just undo it? Press Control Z. Hey, Jacob, you tricked me. I take my blessing back. I'm giving it to Esau like I intended. It it seems so easy to us. This wrong can be fixed. No one has to die. But clearly the way you and I think about this blessing is different from how everyone else in the story thinks. Because you see, both Rebecca and Jacob seem to think that this blessing is something that can be stolen and possessed. When Esau hears about Jacob's deception, he immediately realises that the blessing is gone forever. What's more, when you and I read this blessing that Isaac gives to Jacob in verse 27, it sounds like the kind of things that you write on a birthday card. I hope the year ahead is full of joy and happiness. It sounds like well wishes, kind words from a father to his son. But do you see, that's not what Isaac thinks he's doing. When Esau pleads with his father, haven't you reserved any blessing for me? How does Isaac respond? He says, I have made him Lord over you. 
I have made all his relatives his servants. I have sustained him with grain and new wine. See, Isaac truly believes that these words have power to actually do the things that he said. He has blessed Jacob and so he can tell Esau with the utmost confidence, indeed, he will be blessed. No one in this story thinks this blessing is just words. They know that these words have power. They know that these words can alter the trajectory of their lives. And the reason, Rebecca willing, the reason that Rebecca is willing to undermine her husband and risk being cursed, the reason that Jacob is prepared to dress up and trick his father, the reason they all want this blessing is because they know where the blessing comes from. Because Isaac's blessing isn't just a bestowal of his own love and favour. Isaac is the inheritor of all the promises that God made to Abraham. Those huge promises that we remembered at the beginning. And so he is the mediator of God's blessing. When Isaac blesses his son, he's not just bestowing his own love and favour, but God's. I saw a YouTube video recently from Mr. Beast. If you're not familiar with Mr. Beast, he's a, he's a guy who gives out lots of cash and prizes to people in videos just for completing sort of random challenges. Well, in this video that I saw, he had 15 people standing around touching a private jet. They had their hands on the outside of this jet. And the challenge was the last person to let go got to keep it, a private jet. All they had to do was keep their hand on it. But there was a catch. They didn't get to win the jet for themselves. No, no, no. They had to give it to someone else. And so Mr. Beast made the winner a mediator of his riches. The mediator got to go to their friend and say, I'm giving you a private jet. But it was never really theirs. They were just the the means by which this blessing was passed on. Well, in the same way, Isaac is a mediator of God's blessings. Because of the promises that God made to Abraham, Isaac has the privilege of sharing with his son God's blessings. He gets to pass on the blessing of having God looking after you. He gets to pass on the blessing of being God's chosen people, of being God's nation, of being the nation through whom all nations will be blessed. What is this blessing that they're all fighting over? It's the authoritative declaration of a father's love and favour. Why do they all want it? Because this love and favour comes not just from their earthly father, but from their heavenly father, God. Which leaves us just with our third question, how can we get this blessing? Because this is more than just an entertaining story. This story actually teaches us about God and the way that he blesses. And specifically, it teaches us how we too, like Jacob, can receive God's blessings. So how do we get it? 
we get it in the, exactly the same way that Jacob did. Whoa, 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 whoa. <laughs> Are you saying we need to be lie and cheat and steal to get God's blessings? No, no, I'm not saying that. Because that's not how Jacob got God's blessings. Sure, if you read Genesis 27 on its own, it kind of looks like the way that Jacob got God's blessings was through wicked scheming. But, if we look around in Genesis, we'll see that the reason Jacob got God's blessing is because that's what God wanted. If you were here two weeks ago, you'll remember the story of Rebecca's difficult pregnancy. She had twin babies fighting against each other in her womb pounding one another like brothers do. But it was distressing to her, and so she cried out to God, why is this happening to me? And God's answer to Rebecca is that these two brothers in her womb are two nations, two nations that will continue to wrestle with one another. But it would be the older brother and his people who would actually serve the younger. By his sovereign election, God chooses to bless Jacob and not Esau. By sheer grace, God overturned the normal order of things. It was always the firstborn son who ruled the family. It was always the firstborn who got the blessing. The firstborn who would be served by the others. But for whatever reason, God overturned the normal order of things. He chose to bless the younger brother, the weak brother, the weasley little thief of a brother. On the surface, it looks like Jacob and Rebekah are calling the shots in this story. But friends, Genesis 27 is just one of many examples in the Bible where God uses the selfishness and the sinfulness of people to bring about what he wants. What Isaac did was wrong. He knew that God had chosen Jacob and not Esau. What Rebekah did in deceiving her husband was wrong. What Jacob did in deceiving his brother was wrong. What Esau did in response was wrong. There's there's no hero in this story. But their wrongdoing, all of their wrongdoing, doesn't thwart God's plans. Because, friends, God is so powerful, so in control of this world, that he uses even the stubborn disobedience of his people to do what he planned from the beginning. Friends, we don't get God's blessing by lying, cheating, and stealing like Jacob. We get God's blessings by being recipients of his grace, just like Jacob. And friends, the God who blesses the lying, cheating, stealing, weasel Jacob, well, he's prepared to bless you too. The application of this story is that you too can receive God's blessings, but you're not going to get it by lying and cheating and stealing. We don't get it by trying to deceive God, although sometimes we do try that, don't we? Sometimes we're just like Jacob, going to God disguised as someone else. We go to God pretending that we are good. We show him all the wonderful things that we have done, expecting that he will love us more or reward us for our effort. We go in looking just as stupid as Jacob. 
We're dressed up trying to deceive the one who can see deep into our hearts. Friends, we can't fool God. He's not blind. There's no trying to trick him into thinking that we somehow deserve his blessing. No, the only way we're going to get God's blessings is if he chooses, by his grace, to give us what we don't deserve. And friends, this passage points us squarely to the one who came to do that for us. This passage points us like a signpost to the one who offers us God's blessings even when we don't deserve it. Because, friends, thousands of years later, Jesus Christ came into this world as a descendant of Abraham, Isaac and Jacob and the son of God, the firstborn. And like Isaac, Jesus came as a mediator of God's love and favour. Like Esau, he was the legitimate firstborn, the firstborn son of Joseph and Mary, the firstborn son of God, the firstborn over all creation. But just like Esau, he gave up the right to that blessing. Jesus is like Rebecca in that he offered to take the curse upon himself, upon himself, so that we could be blessed. Friends, the natural order of things meant that we sinful, rebellious creatures deserve nothing from our holy and righteous creator. The natural order of things meant Jesus, the perfect son of God, deserved glory and honor and that we deserve the just payment for our sin, which is death. The natural order of things leaves us no reason to hope for anything from God. But by his grace and in Jesus, God chose to overturn the natural order of things. Jesus, the firstborn over all creation, gives to us who believe in him the right to become children. But not just any children. God actually gives to us in Christ the right to become firstborn children. That sounds strange, it doesn't make sense, right? But in Hebrews 12, the author is writing about the heavenly gathering of all God's people and he calls them the church of the firstborn. The church of the firstborn, God's people are the church of the firstborn, a whole family of firstborn. Now, it doesn't make sense. There can only be one firstborn. But you see, in Christ, God grants to you all the blessings that rightly belong to Jesus. He gives you the same love that he has for his own precious son. He shows to you the same kindness that he shows to Jesus. By his rich and scandalous grace, he gives his blessings to people who don't deserve them. Friends, this is our God. Not only is he able to bless, he wants to bless. 
He has offered His blessing. He has shown us clearly by sending His Son, the firstborn, to die in our place for the forgiveness of our sins. He has shown us the way that we can have His blessing. And we can't do anything. We can't lie, cheat or steal to get it. We can't earn it. We don't deserve it. But He gives it to us. Let's receive that gift with thanks. Let me pray. Father, we praise you this morning for you are the God who blesses the undeserving. We've seen how you blessed the lying, cheating, stealing Jacob. And we're reminded that we are in the same category and that you freely choose to bless us in the Lord Jesus. Lord, give us an appreciation for how rich your grace is. Convict us in our hearts of how undeserving we are. But Lord, show us, remind us, encourage us and strengthen us as we see that you have made us not just people who are tolerable to you, but that you have made us your children, your firstborn, that we receive the blessings that rightly belong to your perfect son. Lord, show us what a privilege it is that we belong to you, our Heavenly Father. And may that give us hope and encouragement and spur us on to live for you day after day for the glory of our brother and our King Jesus. Amen.